buzzing out there. Keys um, just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for him. Oh, sorry, I was bumping. What's <laughs> going on, everybody? Getting into We're back. it. Episode 12, we are just dishing it. I am joined, as always, by producer extraordinaire Derek Hoskins and my partner in crime on this endeavor, Mr. John Tudes Tudor. Boys, what's going on, Derek? I'll start with you, man. What's up? Not much. Been a, been a hectic, busy week. Things are ramping up and, you know, still making time for that golf golf game, though. That's that's the key. Very important. Shot, uh, Tudor, you'll be happy with me on my three-year grind. I, I finally conquered it, and I shot a 95. Yay! So, uh, we're, we're in the club. So. All right, all right. Maybe I'll give but, you a stroke a hole. <laughs> maybe, but uh, right. it was it was a good it was a good uh, little accomplishment after trying to play that goal for like three straight years. So it's a good step. It's a big step. I remember my first ninety. It's a good feeling. <laughs> I remember my first beer. I think I was five. I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Toots, pens are about to light it up. Oh, Maybe. I hope so. How are you feeling? Um, cautiously optimistic. Um, you know, just a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker to lose on uh, on Sunday. But, hey, you know, what are you going to do? The weather here in Buffalo is beautiful. I'm back on the golf course. Playoff hockey's in the air. I mean, th- nothing, nothing better than that. Absolutely nothing. I mean, did you guys see Landis Cog just absolutely yucking it? The uh, oh my god, these games have been. Yeah, I mean, just these games have been phenomenal so far. So just, oh, yeah. just good to have playoff hockey back in our lives. Some beautiful weather, and uh, to be back here with you guys and this week's guest. Beautiful segue. Let's waste no more time. We're excited about this one. This guy and his team are doing a lot of cool things in in hockey, uh, especially out in the Jersey area. Um, really excited to have on Mr. Ryan Swain of Swain's Hockey Skills and Development. Ryan, what's up, dude? Thanks for joining hey, us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. Um, just the... You know, the introductions we had, you know, through your buddy Jimmy there, who knows Cavo, 716 Nick, whatever you want to call him. He's got a, a multitude of nicknames around here. Um, I'm glad we got this set up. You're doing a lot of cool stuff for, for the youth, for adults, too. Like, it's going to be cool to dive in and, it's you know, talk about the growth and, you know, the future plans and stuff for your company. No, I appreciate it. Um there is a lot going on. It's a handful. I got some some good staff uh, helping me out, but a lot of this stuff is uh, like hitting all areas of the game and and for like you said, kids and adults. And I think the future is going to be bright, um, not only for us but everyone in the area. And hopefully, we get a bigger reach. So, like coming on with you guys is awesome for us. Like I'm really happy to to be on here. Yeah, man. Like I said, quite the pleasure having you. Um, I mean, initially, let's jump right into it, dude. What, um, I mean, what got you started in hockey growing up? As I mean, this is, this is kind of a cool story, I feel like, for you. Um, geez. So, I, growing up, I just, my neighborhood just happened to have, like, I don't know, 12 to 15 kids around my age that just all played street hockey, pretty much. 
and good old street hockey. Yeah, it's funny that Jimmy is the guy that set this up because we played Pop Warner together, and like football, and he he was a hockey guy, and he got me into ice hockey when I was like I think ten. So started doing that, and like my parents never played hockey, had no idea what hockey was, and kind of just took off from there. Um, so let me get this straight: you started playing ice hockey at ten years old. And you yeah. you got to juniors and collegiate hockey. Yeah, I started ice when I was ten. Wow, I suck. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's gnarly, dude. That's awesome, though. I really wanted to just yeah. chirp myself there, but that's legit, dude. Good for you. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Uh, it was, was that it was it something fun. you picked up just pretty easily as a kid? Like, did you just throw on skates at ten and you were buzzing around with all these other kids, just keeping up, or how'd that kind of happen for you? Uh, I I don't know. I just kind of went out there, and I'm I'm a competitive guy, you know. So I went out sure. there and just started doing it every day, like getting home from school. We just like throw the nets in the street, and like you wouldn't even have to knock on anyone's door at, at one point. And just like ten guys or ten kids just out there playing, like literally every day. And then once we got older, there's a roller hockey rink. I don't know, five to ten minutes from here, that we'd all just go get dropped off and stay there until they kick us out. So did that and then just kept going. I never played like triple A tier one until I was U eighteen. So wow. I was always like playing tier two lower level and then just kind of kept going. Wow. That's that's awesome. Uh, I mean obviously I can see the background behind you there too. Devil's guy. Uh oh, yeah. from from that area. Any players you really looked up to as a kid kind of shaped your way in the game? Yeah, I think my favorite player was definitely Patrick Elias. Yeah, on the, the Devils. <laughs> oh Weapon. man, sure. dude, that guy. Yeah, that guy got like that guy. the lamp whenever he felt yeah. like it. He he was fun to watch. Yeah, he was. He was definitely like kind of my guy growing up, um, especially on the Devils. I'd say now, like, I'm more of just a fan of the game than like Devils. You know, like as a kid, you grow up, you have your team, and obviously, I'm still a Devils fan, but. Like, I'm sure you guys are the same way. Like, I just like watching the game. Like, I could sit yeah. down and watch any team every night. It's unreal. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, for for me, I mean, I mean, I'll speak for Derek too. I'm, I'm, our team sucks. So it's just, <laughs> we gotta, we're just watching everybody else anyways. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? I, I, I definitely agree with you though. The, I'm still a Sabres fan through and through, but, the game itself is, you know, especially not playing competitive, you know, legit competitive anymore. It's, it's interesting. I just love watching good hockey, no matter who or where it is. You know what I mean? For sure. What, um, I mean, what was, you know, you mentioned Patrick Aliash, you know, what kind of player were you? Did you always, did you kind of emulate your game after a guy like that? Or, you know, where did you kind of, how'd you kind of hone in your play style? What kind of player were you? Uh, I guess like, like I was always slower. It's one of my problems. Uh, still not the best skater, I guess. Um, I have good hands, I guess. That's what they say. I have good vision, uh, but I like to get mix it up in the corners too. And I, I guess the hand just came from playing roller hockey every day. Yeah. Like I never did like any like private lessons or clinics or or any of that growing up. So I just would go outside and mess around. And then that's honestly one of the reasons why I started like training kids. 
just because I never had anything in the area. And even guys that are on our staff, like the pro guys, like we talk about it all the time. They didn't really have that either. And if they did, there was no one with like a resume teaching you. It's like a dad trying to just like help out, which is, which is good. But it's obviously different when you have guys that have been around trying to shape the kids and teach them at a young age. Yeah, that's awesome. You're you're just doing your own segues too. I did, I teed it up, and you just saw that you hammered it home. I was going <laughs> to tie that right into a, you know what got you really into, you know where did the idea for the the skills and development come in? Like what when did you first think of that, or was there like a moment you remember where you're like, I want to give this a go? Um, I, I think it was a combination of things like. I've always been involved in the game in, in this area in New Jersey. Um, like I started refing when I was like 13. So I was always doing that, like always on the ice. I would help the the local roller hockey league, like do like learn to play stuff, like teach the kids, just like push pucks almost sometimes just to stay out there and be involved. Um, I really started to, to think like business wise when I was in school, sitting in class, even in high school, I was like, this like, this is not happening. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to work for anybody. So no matter if I'm making 20000 a year, like, this is probably what I would want to do. You know, like, it's just I, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to sit and, and work for somebody else. So that's kind of where that came from. And then the other part of it, too, is, like I said, I never played a high level growing up. Like, Bantam, I played B hockey for two years. And I played 16 double A and then tier one after that. And obviously junior and everything else. But like up until U18, like, I don't know. I look back and it's like, did I even learn how to play hockey? Or was I just like <laughs> good enough to kind of just get by? And like, if you could score, that was it. You know, yeah. and I, I see it today too. Cause especially in this area, it's very saturated. Like there's a ton of kids, a ton of teams. And like, it's hard for every player to get, some like legitimate instruction yeah like it really is it's tough there's so many guys out there like i, I don't want to i'm not knocking it but like you, you i think you understand what i'm saying like it's different from getting like professional guys and, and dad coaches oh yeah it's yeah for sure so it, it was it made it easy for me to kind of jump in. I was like, well, if it's going to work, it's going to work. If not, then I mean, whatever, like we'll try something else. But right. luckily th threw it at the wall. It's stuck. Um, I like to think I'm pretty good with like explaining the game and why you should do something versus why you shouldn't. And one big thing for me is like, I'm still learning. So like I'll pick guys brains and kind of like all the guys on our staff, talk to them. Like, what do you think? What do you see in this area? Like talk to them about their games so I can kind of relay the message and keep learning myself because I feel like if you don't learn every day, then you're definitely not doing something right. You're just going to be a dinosaur real fast. Yeah, you're not constantly evolving and, and finding a, a better – maybe you're good at explaining something or doing something one way, but you're picking guys' brains. You might find a better way to do it to that might connect with, you know, a player in your camp who might learn a little different, right? It's It totally makes sense. I definitely vibe with that, man. Tudes, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I kind of getting more into your business and your staff there. Uh, you know, was it tough for you to get guys to jump on staff with you at first? I mean, coming into it, 
starting a new business, not really being proven right away. I mean, obviously, you know, you've seen, you know, some growth and doing amazing things now, but was it tough to kind of get guys on board to help you at first or? Um, it was a little tough. Um, for me, like I was always the guy, like I really didn't care what people thought and I would just kind of go and this, like the guys that work with me, we're all friends. So like the guys that come on the ice, obviously like almost all of them have played some level junior college or pro and still do. Um, I'd say what I've, what I noticed to start was, was everyone, everybody wanted to be involved, but nobody wanted to help. And that's not necessarily about like the staff that I have now, just like, I'm sure you guys know, starting your own thing. Everyone's like, everyone wants a piece of it, but no one wants to do any work. Right. So, it's a little different with being on the ice every day, but like when we started going with the camps and everything else, like everyone that is with me was all in, like they want to do it. Like they want to give back too, you know, like they were on board right from the jump. We all play in like a men's league together. Um, so we're all pretty close. We hang out a lot. We talk very regularly. We train together in the summer. So to get the, the staff that I have, like I said, it, it wasn't hard because they want to get involved too. Like it's fun for them. And it's, 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 it works out for everybody. We're all from probably within, like, at the most 50 miles of each other. Probably five of us played junior hockey together. So there's, like, some long roots there. We've known each other for 10-plus years, just trying to, like, do something a little different, give back, and have fun while we do it. That's beautiful, man. That's And that, too, it, it basically it, it really just emulates, like, the hockey community itself, like, it's always very tight knit, no matter how big the distance is. Like they're, you know, just hockey players, the community. It's very inclusive. You know, always want to help each other out, and you know, giving back is a huge thing too. No matter what level you played at, where you're at now, and now that's that's awesome to hear coming from you know because you're teaching not you're teaching like a lot of the youth too, like it's going to, you're reinforcing that in their brains and their minds of how to think about not only the game, but stuff outside of the game. And that's just going to keep it cycling through more generations. That's, that's awesome, Ryan. Really. Oh, thanks. I mean, a lot of it's building relationships. Like we want to have these relationships with the kids and like, yeah, obviously the goal for every kid is like, you want to play in the NHL, you want to play at the highest level you can, but one thing that I said to myself when I started is like, I want to treat, the high level guys the same way as the beginners because yeah. it's it's only fair like everyone deserves the same treatment obviously the on ice stuff is going to be a little different but as far as how you treat them and how like how much fun you try to have in the relationships like i think it all should be the same like everyone should get the same experience 100% real quick dudes before i let you jump in i wanted to ask what what do you think has been like the biggest, I don't know, learning curve, I guess. Like what was the, you know, what was the biggest shock to you? Like when you, cause I got to imagine when you get a big group of kids, parents are paying money and you're like, all right, we're doing the skills camp. Like early on, do you have like a moment where you were really scratching your head? Like, Oh man, I don't know if this was the right move or was there a moment where you're like, Oh, I'm definitely glad I did this. Um, so the first camp that we did, like big camp was, I think three years ago, 
and there was 55 kids. Wow. So we had it. Um, I'm trying to think. It was from Mite to U18, basically. So we, we had, I don't know, ballpark, like, let's say 10 kids at each age group. Um, and we ca- kind of went nuts. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to go, like, well. But my whole thing was, like, it has to be different. It has to be better. Like, people are paying a lot of money. It's a big commitment. So it has to be worth everyone's time. And, like, people have to leave here saying that they had the best experience. So we might have went overboard, but that like for me, that's fine. I'd rather do that than than be the the other way. So yeah. once that kind of happened, I'd say day one, I think I was like, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> like this actually like is happening. And then a- as the day went on, I can't even like I-, I can't tell you how smooth it went. Wow. Like I would be lying if I said there was any issues. Like obviously some kids like they uh like there's always issues right like kids being kids messing with each other but as far as like how it went it was unbelievable we had i think 10 coaches maybe on the ice um just breaking up in small stations we had like just to name some names anthony stolars from the anaheim ducks joe gambardella with the oilers organization cam deneen with the coyotes organization matt weiss who played for the chicago wolves at the time um who else is there? I have both my brothers involved. We had like three or four other NCAA guys. So we all had it pretty much on lockdown. I had um, some professional strength coaches there who handled all the off-ice. The food was catered totally for everybody. Um, like there really wasn't anything that we missed. Like it ran so smooth. I was almost in shock at how smooth it went. I look, like looking back and I was yeah. like, wow, that was kind of crazy. Like I obviously expected way more hiccups than that. So yeah. the, after that went, I was kind of like, that was easy. Like, like let's <laughs> do it again. Like, keep going. Yeah, that's funny. We can kind of relate with the uh, the NHL tournament we did, um, the esports tournament we did right before COVID shut everything down. It was in, like, early February before COVID hit. But it was stressful planning and everything. The, the team did an awesome job. Um, but – there was we we definitely had that point where there was a minor hiccup with like the streaming to like one of the big screens but like it's funny you mentioned that or so many of the things you've talked about i see overlap more and more with what you're doing and with our brand with justice and skate skins all that stuff but yeah that's that reminded me of our esports tournament because we were what you're expecting is just like the absolute worst but rather than <laughs> rather than that happening it actually goes pretty smooth you're just like wow you know that was easy but you know yeah, it really was wasn't a ton of guys right yeah that was it was pretty nuts um a lot of awesome players um feels like a freaking lifetime ago but that was for the first one that we did you know doing it in person too at a venue was was awesome um so definitely keep your eye out for that in the future, folks, because we're going to be looking to do more of those because that was a blast. But this is not like an interview. A, what did you, you what's have a that? C division or like a like a horrible D division? Because I can't even play that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, maybe just an idea here for the next one. We get you to come as a vendor, and then you won't have to worry about it. You could just screw around with me. Because I won't be in it either. So we can just, we can have, a, it'll be like a soccer score when you and I play Perfect. or something. We'll take a little break from the table and stuff. 
It'll be easy, right? No problem <laughs> at all. Tudes, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking if we do that, we could make like, you know, a C division or something like that. We can get some other guys involved. Maybe we could play in it. Ryan could play in it. But then if we do that at one of your camps, you got to get like a Z division and then get me in there. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Out there with the little guys. Um, but yeah, I kind of wanted to, to circle back at one of the points that you made a few minutes ago, just talking about how you wanted everyone to have that great experience, whether they were the top end player or um, kind of newer to the game, struggling a little bit. Like, is it, I mean, I'm assuming you see it a little bit more with the, the younger groups. Um, but I mean, in a given session, how much of a, a skill gap do you typically see from top to bottom in there? And, and how do you guys deal with that? It's a good question. So I try to keep the, the ages and the skills relatively similar um, when I do lessons. So most of the time for a, a lesson, I'll have at most five kids to one session. And then if I have more, say 10 or, or whatever the case, I'll have another coach out there. So I'll bring someone else on staff to come out and we'll kind of split up the groups into two separate ones and then flip flop afterward. So I try to keep it relatively similar, but it doesn't always work like that. Right. So, and one of the biggest hurdles, I guess you could say is the parents. Cause if you have a 10 year old out there with a 16 year old, they're like, what is, what, what's going on out here? And for me, it really doesn't matter. Like the drills, it's not like we're doing two on ones with the two midget guys and in a, in a squirt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not like that at all. All the stuff that we're doing is, is teaching and is catered toward the individual. So the drills are the same. I might ask an older kid to do one more step or something more advanced, but everything is, is relatively the same. So that's one of the things I've had difficulty explaining to parents. But if you sit there and take the time, I think they understand it. So it's not so much like for me doing a, a lesson or a small group session or whatever you call it. Um, it's not so much like let's come out and get a workout in. It's more of like a mental sweat. Like I want to teach you something. Like if you leave taking everything that you you were taught today, it's it's a win. It's not so much like let's see how sweaty you can get. Sure. Yeah. No, I think I just think that's cool too because, I mean, you're working with so many different kids, age groups, skill levels, everything like that, and – I mean, you've, you've been doing it a few years ago now. You said your first camp was three years ago, right? So, I mean, have you have you gotten feedback from any kids that have come to your camps? Like, just great news that makes you feel good? Like, hey, Ryan, like, I went out and tried out for this team and made it or got to a next level, anything like that? Yeah, I, I've had a couple, uh, a couple good stories for sure like that. Some kids have definitely reached out to me as far as that and also some younger kids um, – have wrote me some notes, you know, like I have a couple of them. I wish I had it on me. I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's like a two page paper that a, a kid had to, uh, he wrote for his teacher in school. He's like 11. Um, and that wow. like, that was awesome. Like stuff like that is great. Like it really does go a long way. You're obviously going to have the people that say negative things and anything that you do, which is fine. But the, the ones that you get like that, it just like, that's the reason why you do this kind of thing. For yeah. sure, man. That's awesome. That's 
that's about the that's about the cap for I'm tw- I'm almost 27. That's about the cap I got in me for writing a paper, two pages. <laughs> so I would say I would say that's pretty good. You getting a, a two pager from an 11 year old? That's I mean that's incredible, dude. That <laughs> that goes a long way too. I love that. Just getting that reinforcement to to keep going, keep working at it. Do keep doing the things that you're doing right, but also that pushes pushes you to continue to get better. Like you've talked about too, picking brains, trying to get better at what you do. That's awesome. Um, wanted to dive in to as far as you know, I, we've been talking about the skills camps and stuff. I know you wanted to mention some of the tournaments and stuff. Talk more about the side of the tournaments. Like, was the did the tournaments come after the skills? And development was at the same time like just transition us into like the tournaments that you're doing so i guess going back probably almost 10 years i'm 25 so i i started running like roller hockey tournaments like iron man style which is like just four guys to a team split up and go play um i helped organize some for the local league here years ago when i was younger and then like I think refing had a huge part in it because I was always in the rank, like always refing games, uh, pretty much from like a, for over ten years. So I always saw like every age group, uh, men's included. So I, I would say I'm a pretty decent ref. Like I can skate and know the game pretty well. So I've had my issues for sure, but most most <laughs> encounters have been have been okay so just getting my name out there in that regard um just like building the contacts and and knowing who to reach out to really helped so when i went to do tournaments i think i was maybe 18 to 20 and my buddy started doing um just like small three-on-three tournaments on a mini rink and i helped them with that and just over time like once i started the business i see all these tournaments and it's like you just go, you play, and you go home. You pay all this money, and there's really nothing going on. Like you have the picture guy, you have a, a jewelry guy, and like I, I don't know, like coffee maybe, something else. You know what I mean? Like Some something guy with a t-shirt home. press. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my goal with all of this was like, this has got to be better. Like there's a way to make it better. Um, as far as like the the quality of how smooth it it's ran to like the stuff in the, in the lobby and the parking lot, so I I figured I had a big enough network and I have a pretty good connect with some local rinks here. So I was like, I see all these guys doing it and it's junk because I'm I'm taking my tournament teams to these places right and like I I don't want to be negative about it, but I, I just feel like you go and you you pay and see you later like the only communication you have with people is like did you guys pay yet like can you (laughs) give me the money you know what i mean and there's like nothing to to offer so like i get it it's obviously a business it's a huge business but to to give back and have just options for people to do things at the rink i think is huge like for me like the last one that we did there was food trucks we had a skills competition we had can jam and cornhole we had a speaker um monkey sports donated like i think 12 sticks from a warrior we had giveaways like that i had bio steel on board we bought some stuff from them to give out to the guys so just like people are going to spend the money no matter what right you, you can't tell them how to spend their money but to 
to do stuff like that for like as a consumer i those are places i would want to go to so i was like all right i'm gonna try to do this and again throw it at the wall and see if it sticks so it went it went okay we did two this year um one in thanksgiving thanksgiving weekend i think that was 35 teams and then wow. this last one was 55 teams wow nice so yeah it went it went pretty well for the the kids tournaments that's good i i definitely can appreciate that the cuz you know even for me growing up playing like you would never think of like the experience of a hockey tournament aside from playing like actually playing the games would you could have it take place at the rink like it's all about causing a ruckus in the hotel playing knee hockey at one in the morning like getting body checked into people's doors like that's that was the experience that we had for hockey tournaments but um you know having some stuff at the rink that's i think it's an awesome idea you know i've played in a couple in canada as i got older where you're starting to see a little bit of that but you know food trucks and all this you know nothing like that so i, I think it's an awesome idea and it's one of those things when you first told me i was like i the the light bulb kind of went off where i was like yeah you really don't hear too much of that like you don't hear about like People just talk about how the team did in the tournament. There's very rarely something where it's like, you should have seen how awesome, how organized the, the options they had, for you, all this stuff from like parents, right? But you know, that's what you're bringing to the table. I think it's fantastic for the the health of the game, for you know, keeping especially young kids excited about playing to keep that that pipeline good in the, in the states here for for the the future hockey players, the future pros. I was going to say that, Benny, like, I mean, just keeping those kids excited. I mean, you go to a tournament and there's like sponsors and giveaways and, you know, bio steel warrior sticks and you're a kid and there's a skills competition and all this other stuff going on. I mean, you, you're a kid feeling like a rock star at that point. Oh, like yeah. you, you feel like you're in the NHL for a weekend, like, and that, that's gotta be sweet for them and kind of creates a, an immersive experience, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the goal. Like it, it was, it was a lot of work to set it up. And I think one of the things that I learned through it is that I definitely need more help and more staff on hand to, to kind of do that stuff, which it was definitely a huge learning experience, but it, it went really, really good. Like the stuff that we felt needed to be better was on like the administrative side, not so much, um, on the surface, but there's always room for improvement. And I think this year, obviously with COVID, it limited some of the stuff we were able to do. So I'm excited for the future, like to, to see what we could do. Cause I told pretty much anyone that wanted to get involved. I said, listen, do whatever you want. Like bring your business here, do something. Like, I don't care. I don't need money from you or anything. Just come set it up and like, let's go. Because I think the more, the more stuff that goes on, the better. Like no one is going to remember unless you win some crazy tournament in triple overtime when you're 10, you're not going to remember that game, but you might remember the stuff in the parking lot and like how much fun you had. You're not going to remember the scores of the game. You know what I mean? Even as you get older, it's yeah. just, it's not happening. Your parents might, but you're definitely not going to. Yeah. There's other, there could be certainly some memories playing, but it's often the ones that occur after the games are not even on the ice that you really take with you throughout the rest of your life for sure i can definitely relate to that like i already mentioned it 
playing knee hockey in the hotel. Like that was hockey tournaments. That's one of the first things I think of because yeah. you can just raise hell for no reason. It's, it's great. So um, I know we touched on the, the youth tournaments a little bit, Ryan, that's, I mean, that's fantastic what you're doing, creating that experience. Excited to see where that goes in the future. I know you also wanted to talk about some of the adult stuff that you do, you do. Was that a new, again, was that like another addition as you did this? You're like adding stuff on or did you kind of just start everything at once as far as the tournament goes with the different age groups? Um, I think I wanted to t- to do it all at once. It's just impossible. Like there's so much <laughs> to do and so, yeah. so much to uh, to get going. The the men's stuff, uh, same thing. Like I've been to some of those now, and and like some companies run them at different places. But even when you go away, like you pay, I don't know, hundred fifty bucks a guy. You get three games that are 30 minutes long and and maybe like a case of beer if you're lucky. And then you go, you play, and, and you, you're you on your way. So there, there's really not – like for me, like you go away, especially to some of these destinations, like why why even play? I would just rather go on vacation. Like it's, <laughs> right. cool to like, it's cool to be with your buddies and stuff, obviously, and have some have some drinks. But I don't know. I don't need to play hockey if there's really nothing going on. So <laughs> the thought process was like – it's just something different. Um, started a business, I think, f- four years ago, three years ago, something like that. And uh, before we started the business, we, we basically ran one in the local rink here in, in Tom's River, New Jersey. Um, had 20 teams, kind of did it like really off the record, had like a, a basic flyer. And I just sent it out to like the men's contacts that I had. So we had, I think, three divisions, maybe like A, B, and C. Um, there was, we had music in the parking lot. We had a guy grilling like burgers and dogs. And we just picked up like a bunch of beer and just had it available for the guys. Um, and that was it. And everyone had a blast. So the structure of it is it's three on three half ice. So you have a net in the crease of each each goal and then you have a net um just that about the center circle facing the the other net with boards that divide the the ice in half at center ice almost like the mite boards actually exactly like that it cuts the ice in half and then we have a net that it's uh like it goes the whole length of the rink and it's 10 feet high and it's connected to the board so each game or I'm sorry, at each hour, two games go on at once. So four teams play. And then we have, um, like, we'll call them, like, bench bosses that sit on the bench to record the score and separate, like, each team. So if you're on one side, right, let's call it A and B for argument's sake, two teams will start on one side, sitting on the same bench divided by the the staff, and then same thing on the other side. Um, So it's... Usually nine per team plus a goalie, um, 25-minute games. And then after the 25 minutes, there'll be like a five-minute intermission, and then you'll play another team who just played. So you play two games in the same hour, um, and then you're done for for that session. But the whole point of it, again, is to – like this time we're going around, we got sponsorship from Pink Whitney, um, another and then another uh, beer company. They're giving everyone a bottle and a 30 – per team 
Um, the food and beverage guys at this rink in Middletown, New Jersey, are giving everyone two pizzas. The champion for each division is getting a $200 bar tab. And the facility is um, it, it's just insane. Like, there's three pools there. Oh, wow. There's three bars. Like, it's a huge venue. So, I guess to backtrack a little bit, after the one in Tom River went off, um, started a business, ended up not working out. Um, with a couple partners, it just fell through. Things weren't going our way. We kind of were all pulled in different directions. So it was shut down for a couple years. And then once I kind of decided, I guess I'm done playing, I had a little bit more time to to figure this out and started a job working, coaching at this rink in Middletown for the New Jersey Titans. I just walked into the place and I was like, this has to happen here. Like it's it's crazy. So everyone at the tournament will have access to the pools and the bars and everything like that. So we're going to have live music for them on Saturday night. And it's, we're, we're trying to make it like, again, same thing with the kids. You just stay there all day, hang out, swim, play, hop on the ice and, and go home for the night. Um, there's even like local hotel deals for guys. If they're coming from out of the area for like less than a hundred bucks a night that they got through the rink. So it's pretty, some pretty cool options for, for all, all adult uh, skill levels. Yeah, I really hope I really hope Derek's writing this down in the background because I'm I'm thinking the dishing like boys it. are going to have to uh, to make a trip out for one of these tournaments. I mean, it sounds <laughs> like hockey heaven out there. Absolutely. Yeah, it should be, it should be fun. The first one's in June, uh, the 12th and 13th. Um, we're trying to do one, or not trying to do. We are doing one in July, the 17th and 18th. Um, and that one we're we're trying to do. I don't know how we're going to structure it yet, but I've been talking to all the guys on on the staff for the for my hockey skills school, and like I mentioned earlier, we play in a, a league up there too. They call it a pro am league. It's pretty good. It's all like pro college or junior guys, and I wanted to do a like a pro am draft, uh-huh. yeah. cash prize for for those guys get like the highest profile guys we can be the captains and then just scoop up the teams and play. So I think that'll be pretty cool to, uh, yeah, a, to watch. Oh, that's a great idea. I like the sound of that. That'd be, they probably get a good bit of fun out of that too. All the guys playing, I think getting to chirp each other about who got drafted, where, like all that sort of <laughs> shit. Oh yeah. We might have to keep that. Uh, we might have to keep that locked up. So no one gets, yeah, no, no cameras. Gets their feelings hurt. Yeah, no cameras, no cameras at this draft. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. Do you have you got any funny stories for like any of the men's stuff? Do you see anything goofy go on at any of these tournaments where you're just like, wow, this is this is an adult league tournament right here? Oh man, anything good you can share? <laughs> One story that stands out like, I obviously it's just a total booze fest, like, everyone's kind of for the most part, let's say, especially when you get like like decent guys playing in lower divisions and, and stuff like that. It's tough to regulate. So I just remember I was younger. I was probably like 20 and I'm sitting on the bench and my one buddy who I'm playing against, he's just hammered. And um, I'm on the bench. This guy's on like the far blue line and a pass gets ripped across and he tries to catch it on his backhand and it just explodes off his stick and he just eats it. Like he just falls, like collapses, <laughs> like just 
it, it was ridiculous. Like we thought he was kidding, but he took a couple. Like you would have to scrape him off the ice. I think they blew the whistle and like opened the door, and he just had to walk off. Like he didn't come back. <laughs> he didn't come back onto the ice. Oh man, that's oh. good stuff. It sounds like something I would do. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, what's been what's been another thing I wanted to ask you? What's been kind of the coolest part? Um, you know, getting a lot of these more higher level players in, involved. Like, what's that been like for you? Is that gratifying? Do, do you think about that a lot, or is it more you find yourself just like you mentioned earlier, picking their brains and, and listening and learning, almost just like the kids would be? Um, it's definitely, it's definitely cool. Like, like I said, most of us are pretty good friends. We go back for a while, but like, I've definitely met a ton of new guys, like through their contacts and just hanging out. Um, like it's, it it is pretty cool, but I, I found, um, like more recently, like they're very eager to, to kind of get involved in this sort of thing too. So it's pretty cool because sometimes I I've realized that like hiring guys, like players, they're obviously unbelievable, but they don't even have to like be worried about what's going on in, in youth hockey. And they don't really have a pulse on like lower level junior or tier three junior or like youth hockey. So to kind of talk to them and give them my perspective of being in the nitty gritty of that and then getting their end of it from the higher end stuff is like really cool because they can give me some stuff and I give them some insight. Just for example, like how often the junior leagues change every year. Like it's been different since I played in junior five years ago, but some of these guys that just went like right to the USHL or right to D1, like they have no idea what any of this stuff is. So it's kind of cool to see guys like different pulses on, on the game. Do you find there's a, there's a lot of give and take too with, I mean, even, you know, looking at some of the higher, higher skilled guys, because I mean, I think it comes back to what you were saying with like dads and coaching earlier, where it's like, they don't really know what they're doing. And then you get like some super high skilled guys where sometimes the best players don't always make the best coaches because they can't slow it down enough for someone who's not at that elite level to understand, like, is it kind of a lot of give and take between your whole staff, just finding that sweet spot between, you know, that high end skill and how to relate to these younger players? Yeah, I think some do have trouble with that, but it's it's good for us because we have a lot of guys on staff and there's a lot of kids that we reach. And just generally speaking, like there's way more A and B players than there are triple A players. You know what I mean? Like just there's way more college guys and there are pro guys. You know what I mean? Like there are NHL guys. Like the the pool is way bigger of the the lower end players. So for us to work with them and like the staff to work with them, I I think it helps teach the better guys because you have to break it down so much. And it helps you – like for me, it's real. like I went – probably a month without teaching any like little guys like eight and 10 year olds and i'm just working with u18 and junior kids and it's good because like you're just talking to them like how you and i would talk about something it's like you get that yep yep sure like this is what it is but then you go back to the younger kids and it's like it's like oh wait a second like we have to pump the brakes a little bit we have to really get into this but it helps you like actually think about what you're saying and realize what you're saying so i think it actually is really beneficial as a coach 
to, to touch all ages. So you can kind of get into detail with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's cool. Because that's, that's one thing, like you're saying, where there's you have to have so many tricks and so many things in your tool bag when you go to work every day because it's could be different every day for you right like i mean you're working with youth players all the way up to junior kids and um you know things like that but is there is there an aspect of coaching that's the most fun for you is there something you just love to do whether it's running drills or overseeing a camp or setting up a tournament i i just like to work i guess like i just like to see like the finished product it's, and it's obviously rewarding when like kids finally get it like for me that's the best part and when i do like the lessons and stuff and the camps are a little bit different because it's so many kids but the lessons especially like i don't really go in there with an agenda I show up and I'm like, depending on who's there or if I don't know the kid well, if I do know him well, most times I just ask the kids and the parents and I try to get feedback from them. Like, what do you think he needs to work on? What's the coach saying? What do you, the kid actually think he struggles with? What is he doing good? Because like, it's not about me. I could care less what we do. I could teach a lot of things in different ways, but I want to, I want to go there and see what the kids think and the parents think and the coaches think and see what, they think is and then kind of gauge it and be like okay i think we should do this this and this like i don't it's not like i have okay today we're doing like i have 10 kids today i want to do skating we're just going to skate like that's not it's not me at all like i kind of want to have some feedback from them before we start like run them through basic warm-up stuff just get them moving a little bit and then be like all right like what are we doing today and for some of the older guys my my message to them is like you go to the gym every day with a plan, right? You have an agenda. So I think going to the rink with an agenda is also, it, it, it helps too. Like your mindset needs to be there. Um, you should have an idea of what you want to work on as I do, right? The, the, the more I see the kids, the more I can kind of make a plan together. But there's some kids you see once a month. There's some kids you see three days a week. So for me, especially with the older guys, I like to tell them like, come here ready to go. Like be mentally sharp, write stuff down, send it to me, like give me what you want to do so I could bring some stuff with me or we could just have an open conversation about it because I think that really helps. No, that's great. I, I love that approach. It's something where I'm sitting here like, damn, that would have been nice to have some, some more options like that when I was doing camps in the summer and stuff with that kind of, I don't know if like customization is the right word, but like, you're tailoring it to, to each individual kid really well, where you're not compromising the group's success in each tournament, right? Or, I mean, clinic, excuse me, but you're still putting a good emphasis on each individual getting the, the best bang for their buck, if you will. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the point. I mean, it's obviously you have five or so kids in a group. You try to keep the skill level similar, but I just like to hear what, they are thinking like what is what is their coach saying like how'd your games go what'd you do wrong what'd you struggle with like then kind of go from there like some guys can communicate that some can't but i like to just hear that so when i'm there like i could sit there and rip drills all day like if that's what people want to do you want to just skate around cones we could do that for sure but i feel like it's way more beneficial to actually get something out of it and oh an open conversation like even with little kids i feel like it is good 
because everyone says, at least I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, you can't teach them to do this. They're too young or whatever. But I think it's the total opposite. I think they're sponges. Yeah. Like, I think they might not be able to understand or communicate with you, but if you show them things, they could definitely do it for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that mindset, man. It, I like the approach. I want to transition a little bit, um, make sure we get this in. Um, you, you know, on the call you and I had with Jimmy, you were talking about, there was mention of a nonprofit you're looking to start. Um, want you to dive into that, you know, where'd that idea come from? Where's that process at? Where, where are you looking to take that? So the idea just came from, again, just giving back. Um, uh, honestly, it's it, like, I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, I don't know. I'm in the process of starting it now. I have to think of a good name, to be honest. Um, the one thing that we're trying to do is the golf outing in, in June. Uh, the main the main focus is to just raise money and give back. So like there's a ton of guys um, or a ton of clubs around here. A lot of them I work with. So this golf outing, I'm going to try to get like fill it up, get a bunch of sponsors, raise as much as I can, and then just kind of chop the money up and, and have the clubs pick a family. Like, Hey, if you have people struggling like to pay tuition, here's a couple thousand dollars, which will cover it or take a big load off of people. And I think, I think it's like, it's a very good concept. I think people will get on board with that and like, we'll throw money into it too from the other stuff just to kind of, to give back. Cause I think that's a huge part of it. Like when I was growing up, like I have two brothers, so it was tough for us to always pay for everything. Like I said, I never did any lessons or clinics or anything. So to kind of, to help people out with that, I think is huge and it'll definitely go a long way. Yeah. I think that's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's it's something we see a lot in hockey too, right? Is we all would love to say like, hey, let's grow the game, let's do this. But, you know, you taking that into your own hands and working with this golf tournament to to raise that money is huge to actually make that a reality, right? Because I, I'm always of the mindset that hockey is – the most fun sport to play, but so many kids just don't have the opportunity to get into it because of accessibility, especially financially. So I, I think that's absolutely incredible that, that you're doing that and, you know, hopefully big success there with the nonprofit and, and getting some more kids either into the game or able to stay in the game. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I mean, we're just going to, try to organize, I guess, to start a couple events a year and just see how it goes. Like I, I pick golf because like my dad plays it. A ton of guys play it all like I play it. I try to play it. I'm not very good, but um, <laughs> I figured it's an easy excuse to get some guys out there, have a good time and, and raise some money. Like if it's done right, it could raise like $10,000. And if that's the case, that's like a couple of kids tuition. And for, to get that paid for, for some people is like, it, it, it would be unbelievable. Yeah, especially given how things have been, you know, with our times to see how fragile things can be, life itself and everything, just to be able to lessen that burden for some people could be just world moving for them. It could totally change their outlook. I, I think it's a, it's an awesome idea. Big ups to you for taking that on, on top of everything else you're doing. Um, Tudes, you got anything else? No, I, I, I don't have anything else. I think we 
we really covered it. Um, I guess the the only other question I'd have is, you know, um, if you could let me know when there's any uh, any skills camps available for 20, 25 year old beer leaguers, um, I'd be <laughs> looking looking into that for sure. So, uh, you know, definitely would appreciate any heads up on that. Oh, uh, that's funny. It's funny you say that. I've actually taught some adult league guys. Oh, that's oh, good man. stuff. Bert, look at look at this tutor. We'll get see, you, that's we'll what get you it, that edge work you've been needing. That's what it could be, you know. See, Ryan, I don't background here is I, I grew up a baseball player and I didn't pick up hockey until after high school and now I play beer league, go to some pond hockey tournaments with these boys. But um you know, the skating drills would definitely be nice for me. You know, I've got like <laughs> you with the street hockey with, you know, I, I've got a little bit of the hands and, you know, I like to mix it up in the corners. But, um, you know, my, my skating's a little bit behind what some of the uh, the other boys are, are at. <laughs> I'm sure we could work something out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, man. Ryan, I mean, one more time, though. I mean, plug all the dates, your your social media handles, the website. Anything else you want to shout out? The floor is yours to close this out, my friend. Um, yeah, I get check us out on Instagram uh, at Swain's Hockey Skills, Facebook as well. Um, we just started the the men's league or the men's tournament stuff. the The company name is Back Bar Tourneys. Um, that there's an Instagram page there also. It's brand new, um, so check it out. There's going to be some stuff thrown up there pretty soon. Awesome. Ryan, pleasure having you on. Real happy we could set this up. We'll have to do it again. We'll, we'll, we'll link up in the future. Hopefully we'll have some good stories for all the people because it was uh, the Dishon boys that decided to come down and rip up attorney. Oh, I love it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was awesome. Yeah, pleasure having you on. Appreciate Thank you joining us. Much. All right. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. Until next time, this has been Just Dishing It. Thanks for tuning in. Later.